This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Are you still there? To delete messages, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear more options, press 0. What are you talking about? All right, guys, we are back for a special edition emergency pod episode of the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points Network. Uh, I am Tomer Zarli, uh, Clippers reporter. I'm here with Ryan Ward, our Lakers reporter, who was in-house today for the Frank Vogel introductory press conference. In the house. I'm also here with Bob Garcia, our other Lakers insider. Um, uh, so let's just get right Bob. to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's just get right to it. Ryan, you were there. Um, what? What? What happened today? Talk, talk us through that introductory press conference. Got to say, it was weird. It was a very strange environment. Uh, I told Bob earlier, it's, it was felt more like a, an interrogation than like an introduction to somebody new. Really? Not like they're interrogating Vogel, but more of people wanted to just get the Vogel questions out of the way quickly and then <laughs> target right at Palenka for obvious reasons because of Magic Johnson's explosive remarks this morning. <laughs> oh, magic, magic said something? Planned, really? for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did, did, how receptive was Palinka? What, what was that? Uncanny, really. I think the guy, I don't know if he was just practicing it or what, but he, he just, it's like he was wearing a bulletproof vest, man. Nothing phased him. It's, he wasn't any different than any other press conference I've ever seen him in before or any time he's answering any questions he just took everything in stride even though it was kind of the questions were very direct um where i think some people would take it maybe is offended or they get offended by it or they'd be very defensive not at all it's it's almost like he just didn't give a shit he's like whatever let magic say whatever he wants i'm here he's gone that's what it's so with, like. with with first take being at like what 7 a.m and then the press conference at 11, I think everyone in the Lakers knew Magic was going to say a couple of things, and they'd have to be coached and ready to respond properly, right? I mean, oh yeah, you, you had to see it coming. Yeah, definitely. When I, I, I even tweeted about it once I heard that he was going on on Monday morning. I think Byron Scott said something on the jump or whatever, saying that be prepared because Magic Johnson's going to kind of unleash on Monday, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, he didn't hold back at all. He answered all the questions that everybody was curious about when when he uh, quit on the spot. So Byron Scott was the one who who said Magic's going to go on first take? He was the one? I don't know if he, he's the one that announced it, but he definitely said that Magic was going to unleash. Like he wasn't going to hold back. And clearly he didn't. <laughs> it, it was, I can't believe how candid he was. Like when I watched it this morning, I was like, oh, my God. This is going to be one <laughs> awkward fucking press conference. Was Ryan, was there any one part of the press conference that surprised you the most? Like just any answer that he gave that 
just kind of took you by surprise or it was just more of like kind of his character it's just yeah like he just it just didn't phase him i think that's what kind of surprised me because the questions that were coming at him i was like whoa like they didn't hesitate to ask these at all and he just took it in stride as if nothing had happened and it kind of like moved the whole press conference along Let's go into his Sorry. first question, though. I mean, he was told, he was said by, by I think it was, someone said, hey, Magic felt like you backstabbed him, blah, blah, blah. And how does he, you know, in person, you can tell a guy's reaction, I guess. Did yeah. he look phased? Did he, did he, how did no. he react to that? Did he smile? No. He just answered the question. He didn't look <laughs> pissed off. I mean, any human being, I think, would be a little bit defensive when you get attacked like that so publicly. And, the fact that it's been mounting ever since Magic quit, right? What was that, like a month ago? It was like at yeah, least a yeah, month ago. It was right? April 9th, the final game of the season, yeah. So you got four weeks of this, or four or five weeks, just building up, right? To where people are just waiting for this guy to talk. Yeah, everyone Both wants Both Magic answers. and Palenka, or Magic mm-hmm. again and Palenka, right? And the fact that it happened on the same day within hours of each other was just so typical Lakers. But so the, Lakers, the Lakers, it was also like Palinka said that the the president position was was made specifically for Magic. Like, are you telling that me like weird. what NBA teams all have presidents? I don't understand what what the like like Jim Buss was the vice president of basketball operations before Magic. So what 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 was that about? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. I mean, that's I thought that was a strange answer too. I, I didn't understand that either. Sounds like, like a subtle shot. Anything, just him trying to. It does, like, like they were catering for him, right? Like they're like, oh yeah, he he likes the power or he wants the power, uh, and then he even said this morning, like he was a little pissed off that they had that, you know, like how we were saying before that there's too many cooks in the kitchen. We <laughs> had what Tim Harris get involved. They had Palenka get involved. Uh, Kurt Rambis, Linda I mean, Yeah, all these people wanted to other two cents and whether or not Luke Walton should be fired. And I can't believe the way that Magic just came out and just like I wanted Luke fired. I Well, now that he's no longer part of the blunt. team, he's able to, yeah. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's some people kind of have a filter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, not, you should know that. Yeah. Uh, just <laughs> just the, the fact that he just was like, I'm just going to say whatever I want to say and I don't really care what happens. Yeah, and he said he doesn't Because reg- I don't think... doesn't regret the anything. The one thing that... that yeah, that bothers me about Magic is like he says these things and he acts like he's got it. It's all in the best interest of the Lakers, but at the same time, that looks terrible on the Lakers. Right? And that doesn't look good for them this summer. You see all this shit and dysfunction going on and all the he said, she said shit. And how are they supposed to pitch free agents after this? Like, oh, all is well. All is well. Just sign your name on the dotted line. If anything, yeah, it makes, go wrong. if anything, it makes them look more dysfunctional. I mean, it doesn't look like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't paint a good picture for you know players who even have any interest in joining the team. It's just more of like, okay, you know, Magic is pretty much crapping all over them, even though he's saying that he's not. He's pretty much doing that. It's just it's it doesn't yeah. look good at all. It just it just makes things look worse. And then you have are the perception of, I mean, he already added on to it with the whole thing with Polinka saying that he's hard to deal with. And then he's saying he's heard around from other people that he's hard to deal with it. I mean, that doesn't help. And you have him acting as the pseudo president of basketball operations for them now. So, I mean, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it just makes matters much worse for him doing that interview. You know what though? Part of me just goes, 
you know, they can be this dysfunctional and hey, it's the Lakers. They could still probably end up with a big guy if if a guy really wanted to go there. You know, like I don't think any any of this dysfunction will really go anywhere if if you know, if if say Jimmy Butler or like Kawhi, you know what, I really want to play with this team. I don't know how much this will actually affect it. It could, I just don't know because there's so much Lakers history and we saw last year LeBron came into a young team that um didn't you know, had promise but you didn't you didn't go, okay, these are a final contender team. This is a final contending team. You didn't say that about this team. You said playoff contending team, right? Am I right? Am I right about that? Like no one thought yeah. they could win a championship. Yeah, no. Yeah, but so I just not the first. I year. think, yeah, I just think the Lakers' lore it might be enough to lure guys in. Who knows? But I, I wanted to get to another thing that that was said. Um, someone asked a pretty savage question, if I can say. <laughs> they said they pretty much so said like, savage, hey, bro. "Hey, well, when you hear the question, it'll be savage." Um, <laughs> hey Rob, like Frank was your third option. Frank Vogel was your third option. What happened with Monty Williams and Ty Lue? Like that was that was pretty that was a pretty hot question. That's what I was saying, man. People were just throwing heat at him left and right, but it did not phase him for a second. He's like, "Well, I'm still here." <laughs> Basically, without saying it, I'm still here. Magic's not. We made Magic the had a good. We're moving forward. Ma- Magic had a good. Uh, I think. Uh, quote saying that he made a mistake letting Brooke Lopez go. Yeah. Um, and then I think Rob was asked about it later, like whose decision was to let Brooke and Julius Randle go. Um, oh, he pretty much gave it to him. He just said that it was it was his that it, he is ultimate decision maker and that everything is it, it it falls under him making the final decision on that on anything basketball related. So it just mm-hmm. pretty much put him on you know the sword falls on him pretty much just like oh, I, I don't have any blame and i'm just a gm that's what it came off as you know it's just like oh i you know i i give my suggestions and then magic johnson has the final say that, that's that's why i took that i mean i don't know if you guys took it the same way as well, that. and that should be the way it is right if that's the pecking order mm-hmm. if that's if he's the president and this guy's the gm yes magic's your boss yes magic can sign up or, or sign off on the, the final decisions on things like this so that it that that was what it was. I mean, in retrospect, yeah, letting Brook Lopez walk when they probably could have paid him and not. He signed know. a one-year, three point four million dollar deal with the Bucks, and he wanted to stay here. Exactly. Yeah, he wanted yeah. to stay here. He's like, he I wanted LA. to work with LA. Yeah, he's from North Hollywood. He would have been great. Like yeah, an hour team. from downtown. I just don't get it. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things <laughs> we don't get about everything that's going on, man. <laughs> well, look, you like, can pick it all apart. With, with those guys that they let go and didn't keep, uh, he also touched on Zubats, and he said, not, Z- not Zubats, let's go to that. Give me some numbers from him at the Clippers. He didn't even play during the Golden State series. Yeah. And then, he, and then he went on to say that the only reason he was effective is that because he was playing with LeBron James and Lonzo Ball, um, <clears throat> all he was doing was rolling for the, to the rim for dunks, uh, and he was going to use their cap space for a potential superstar this year. He wanted to get floor spacers, and they got Mike Muscala for that. I mean... I I just don't think they wanted to invest in a center who couldn't stretch the floor. Yeah. I think they figured, you know, we're going to have to pay this kid eventually, and he's good enough to where we can trade him and maybe get something. Obviously, they didn't get enough. Yeah. Um, well, if they wanted the floor spacing center, why didn't they just resign Lopez, first of all? And then why are you just trading away Zubac for nothing? I got, Muscala didn't even play all that much yeah. after he was there. One, and even when he traded. did, he wasn't that great. I mean, yeah. I think there was a stretch there where people were talking about what is it, how many missed shots he had 
compared to how many made threes he had. I think something? it was actually had more more missed games or more DMPs than oh, made threes. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's even worse. worse. Yeah, well, yeah, it's way worse. That's uh, way worse. But I mean, it's a business. People don't make the right decisions all the time. I mean, it was a. And you think about it, Maddie's never done this before. Neither is Palenka. Palenka's no, you know, savant when it comes to being a GM. <laughs> He's no Jerry West right out the gate. Like, that's the thing I think a lot of people forget. It's like there was no, like, grace period for these guys. They inherited a lot of shit, and they did what they could with it. And they, they did make some good moves. I mean, this young core is pretty damn talented. I mean, they had they may have their problems with injuries and the you know, like, no, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Spot, but I mean, they made a lot of good moves. Even the guys they let go, Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson. I mean, these talented guys, D'Angelo, Julius. Yeah, I mean, that, but I think Julius goes too far. I think that's that's uh, that's before Magic's there. Yeah, but the, I mean, I think with them, it's just like the the losing, and then you have all this chatter that comes with that you know attention goes away from the court and then you have i mean magic was i think it's just everything he was holding back from his you know his i guess you can call his exit interview um he let loose with with Stephen a and you know on first take and i think there was a lot of things that that he wanted to say then you know the luke walton you know what, what he felt about that and then obviously how he felt about rob polinka and you know, other people jumping into decision making, it just felt like he just his time were, you know, just the right setting in his mind to finally, you know, let I mean not every single detail, but a lot of things that he wasn't happy about. And I mean, I think to, there's he has some fair points where him he was saying that, you know, he he coming into a situation with he already had all you know, all these other ventures that he was doing and he let Jeannie, you know, she he let her know no, what, what his situation was, and she was okay with it. I mean, it, it's yes, you know, a lot of this does fall on his shoulders, but at the same time, like you know, you got you know, Ginny Bus got to take blame here too for things not going the way that they, you know, the the mishaps that happened, the missteps, everything that's happened over you know these last several months, and I mean, it's it, it goes all around, but it, again, it just a situation that just keeps you know, there's always I don't know, I just feel like there's a never ending. It's never ending with these awkward situations and awkward decisions. Like these, these like, like scratching your head. Right. Like you know, what are they doing? Like why are they, why are they operating in this manner? And they're not. They're they're you know one of the most one of the most historic franchises in you know all NBA, and they're you know going making decisions like this and it just doesn't help, man. It just never ends. It doesn't seem like it. I think it's it's kind of a combination of a lot of things though too, and and kind of a evolving era of social media right where one thing gets out there and it just circulate circulates like poison in the well right yeah. like it's just it, it gets overgrown it's everybody's talking about it. it becomes a huge distraction even if it's it's not true at all you know and it's hard to control especially in la right yeah couldn't even imagine new york i couldn't even imagine new york Look how dysfunctional they are. It seems like all the major cities. But it's not worse than the Lakers now. right now. Huh? I wouldn't say it's worse than the Lakers right now, though. The Lakers are all over the place. The Knicks just have a really bad owner. But the Lakers. Yeah, are but just, what I'm saying is like everything like ownership. is overblown. Yeah. Like it's like to epic proportions. Yeah. I mean, the, you have the three yeah, biggest yeah. markets in the NBA 
suck right now. <laughs> Lakers, Chicago, New York, all dysfunctional, all, you know, bullshit in the media. No one knows where the direction is going. But, I mean, New York could easily change that with Kevin Durant and somebody else or maybe even just Kevin Durant, you know, and, and yeah. like, Barrett or whatever. But um, the thing, you know what the first thing I thought of when, when I saw Magic Johnson's comments this morning was, just imagine if LeBron didn't go down Christmas Day, if he just never, you know, injured his groin. What would have happened? Freak accident, really. Yeah. It was a freak accident. Yeah. They were looking great. They were playing great. They were on a roll. Like, everything was fine. Lakers were back in a lot of people's eyes. I mean, not title contending, but, like, in the mix. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it just went to fucking shit so fast. And it's just piling on top now. And it's just like, man, just one injury did cause all of this. Yeah, so a lot of it was out of their control. It really was. A lot of it wasn't really in their control. Like Lonzo's ankle sprain on, on, in transition was yeah. kind of a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron just reaching for the ball and just tearing part of his groin is – I mean, he's never done anything like that in his career. So it's just mm-hmm. it's just a lot of things that were out of their control. When in Brandon Ingram with the blood clot, he just came out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, everybody just thought he had a short, or, or sore sh- shoulder and then all of a sudden – it's a serious thing, you know, or it required surgery. Yeah. Everything just that, crazy, man. Just fucking everything crazy. that went wrong and it could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, and like I think I think too at the time that LeBron got hurt, they're only two and a half games out of first place and the West. I mean, it, it, they were right direction, and it's just like like you said, like this everything that 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 you know, just one thing piled up after another, and then like I said earlier, like a bunch of. And outside noise gets in the mix, and then you have all the trade rumors, and then yeah, and then AD yeah. stuff, and that just got out of control. It's still somewhat out mm-hmm. of control. Um, yeah, and then also, yeah, close. also too. I mean, I think Magic touched upon it too. It was a whole trade offer that I, I that you know that Del Demps didn't keep his word, and then letting that out, and then it just it just all of that just blew up in their face. I mean, it just. Well, that's a bit naive by Matt, oh, yeah. though, right? Like, why do you expect somebody to keep a secret in, in a business <laughs> atmosphere, yeah. right? Where they've got to get yeah. the best of you and, and you've yeah. got to get the best of them. Why the, why the fuck would he keep a secret? Like, he's going to use that against his leverage, at, you know, with another team that's interested yeah. or has better assets. I just, that's... Yeah. He, he may have just been totally naive in terms of... Um, well, I think he thought a deal was, was done... I think he thought a deal was done and just flat out, flat out was like, all right, you know, let's just make this happen. These are the guys I'm offering. Let's do it. And they, and the, and the Pelicans yeah. played him. The Pelicans played him. Um, but real quick, I, w- I want to go on to, we've talked enough about Palenka. What about Vogel? Uh, did Vogel say anything interesting? How was he, you know, received by some of the media? How, how would, you know, what, what, what was he like? Definitely a different tone than uh, Luke Walton. Was he also easier to hear than Luke Walton? <laughs> <laughs> He's not as long-winded as oh, Luke Walton. Jesus. Luke Mr. Walton Master a, of Whisper over there. That guy had the longest quotes ever. Oh, yeah. I remember just a nightmare trying to transcribe Luke. I mean, he said good things. It was just – I remember we used to get the quote sheets. Paragraph. And we'd compare them to the players. <laughs> we're like two of Luke's answers were like the entire roster of the Lakers <laughs> quotes. Yeah, so he just—he he was just trying to make up for the, for the players' <laughs> lack of uh, quotes. No, oh, bro, you just got to cut it off yeah. at some point. <laughs> you just got to cut it off. But I—I I liked what I heard from Vogel. 
it sounds like he's a hard nosed coach. Like he doesn't take any shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really going to work these guys to death once they get going. Uh, I mean, the, the one quote stuck out was, was I want to coach them very, very hard. Oh, and the perceived dysfunction was really weird in my eyes. That's the one thing from Vogel. I was like, what? He said, the perception of our organization is very far from the reality from my experience coming in here. Like, dude, yeah, but been, he's only been here a week. Yeah. Exactly. Like, of course, it's all going to seem like Disneyland for the first <laughs> week after you get hired, right? <laughs> Until something Well, happens. literally, he's in LA, so yeah. Yeah. Until the first thing that goes wrong and then it just goes out of control. But. Well, the thing we saw that made LeBron sort of successful is a coach that actually coached him and, and made him, you know, held him accountable, held him responsible for his mistakes, you know, in Tai Lu. And is that a guy, do you see Frank Vogel being that guy? I mean, they have played against each other in the Eastern Conference Finals. There's a, lo- there's a level of respect there, I think. What do you think? Right now, yeah, it seems like he could be the guy. He could be okay. I mean, LeBron was even there today, which kind yeah, of surprised a lot of weird. people. Uh, standing there by himself against the wall. Um, <laughs> Guest appearance? Yeah, uh, Josh Hart was there too, and I think you said Wagner. I didn't see Wagner. Or Wagner, sorry. Um, Wagner, 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 Wagner. Yes. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I thought that the fact he just decided to show up and then and see what Vogel had to say, and maybe he was more interested in Polanco, what he had to say. Yeah, that's fair. Um, anything about that? But uh, no, I think. Like we've said before, I mean, even even uh, I think the last thing that Vogel said was, uh, "Just win, cures everything, right? Winning cures everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, win, that's true. all this that's shit true. goes away real fast. I don't think they're going to be title bound or anything like that, or like unless they get another superstar, which I I don't think is going to happen. But who who knows? So far, I mean, I like what I heard from him. I think he could be a good coach, but. <laughs> You just never know because I thought Luke was the best coach they had since Phil Jackson. To be honest. Yeah, that's actually a fair assessment. I, I think with with Vogels, I think it, he has a set plan. Like he seems like he knows what he wants to do with the roster, even though it's you know far from being you know complete or yeah, very early. It just right sounds now. like very he knows what kind of team he wants, what kind of players he wants in the mix. Um, I mean, that's something very telling. I mean, I know it's, like you said, it's very early, but at the same time, it's something encouraging to hear. And then it sounds like he's going to hold a lot of players accountable. And, you know, his focus, like offensively, he, you know, he's talking about attacking the basket, working your way in, in, you know, into out to the three point line. And it just, it just seems like, I mean, yes, it's really early, but, you know, the, this, he knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously, he has a track record. It just feels like they got a guy who's got, you know his agenda with for how he wants his team to play, and we'll see if they can follow through with it. He's competing in the East and battling LeBron every year. The consensus was he was one of the top five coaches in the league, maybe even top three at yeah. that time. That's fair. He was a hot commodity. So I mean, it's been a while since then, but I mean, Orlando did him no favors, but now he's got another chance with a star player. So yeah. Yeah, you know, there's, there's, when you guys look at the options the Lakers had from Monty Williams, uh, Ty Lue, and, and Frank Vogel, is Vogel the right choice? We don't know. 
Just don't wait in there. Among those three, is he the best candidate, do you think? Is he the best candidate? Well, I think if they got Ty Lue, it would have been kind of a shit show. I mean, people, really? all people would be talking about is, oh, well, LeBron got his lackey. You know, like LeBron got his <laughs> guy who's just going to listen to him and move out the way, right? Yeah. And then with Monty Williams, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't really sold on him either. <laughs> I heard some things about how he was uh, before all this stuff happened. But I'd say Frank – I remember when I heard that Frank Vogel was going to be on Ty Lue's staff, potentially, and I was like, whoa, okay. Now there's a good move. That was the first thing I thought was like, there's a good move. Something that made sense. So the fact that he took over, the fact that he got hired, was like, I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah I think, and I agree. I think, I think it's more so, like you said last you know, last time we, we did a podcast, it's it's a solid hire. I think it's more, of, you got an established guy. Yes, the other two guys you know, are veteran coaches, but this guy just, I don't know, it just seems like he's, the way he approaches coaching. Gumption. He's got gumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to use that word. No, I have. Now you have. Boy, it just—it just seems like he—he he has. <laughs> it just seems like he just has like this, like set game plan and like you know the kind of players he wants to coach. Um, and he just has this positive. I don't know vibe. I don't know if you could. I mean, could you assess that, Ryan? Ryan where it's just like a, the vibe around him. Yeah. Well, he's—he's he's obviously happy to have another job. <laughs> Think for one. And the fact that it's not like a team that he has to build from the ground up, right? He's got an established star. He's got this, the salary capital. The team has a salary cap to bring in guys. Um, they've got trade assets. Like, there's a lot of things to be optimistic about, right? So, right now, everything's hunky dory, right? Like, we'll just see. I mean, we got what, another two months or a month and a half? Until uh, free agency, and the draft is the draft is what June twentieth, I believe. We're six weeks away from free agency and oh, about a month away from the draft. Yeah, so it's right. It's right around the corner. Yeah, we thought it was months away. Here. We're right around the corner. A lot, a lot can happen between now and then. And and oh, they move the moratorium period up a bit, so it'll be during our nice for us. Our, we'll have time to actually be awake <laughs> yeah. when they have these meetings. Seriously. Um. So, I don't know, yeah. man. I mean, just wait and see. I just hope they, they, they put a team around him that that he can do something with. I mean, it's going to suck if it's kind of like last year with one-year guys and and LeBron. And LeBron goes down. So, Luke, Luke I will say that I don't, I don't – Luke didn't have a chance. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. That. I mean, they, they kind of just – this was just set like, – I guess I hate to play this way, but it's, it's like for set up for him to fail kind of thing. Like if he didn't at least I take him to yeah. – you know, I'm saying at least second round of playoffs, right? I don't, I don't know. Maybe that was a little too high, but it just it just feels like if they didn't show that they could at least like, hey, you know, we can contend, then I think it, he he was already you know on the way out, and he wasn't you know Magic's guy or Polinka's guy. So I mean, it's just it just seems like he he had no chance to to keep his job. I will say I don't appreciate Magic Johnson shitting all over Zubats because Zubats was <laughs> very, very good for the Clippers and proved himself to be actually rather effective. He was he's, he's a young developing guy. He's only like 22 years old. So I don't know how you can really shit on a guy who was like three years away from his prime um, and was forced to come off the bench behind, who was it, JaVale McGee? Mm-hmm. So um, 
I mean, again, Zubac wasn't incredible, like life-saving, but he did. He was huge towards the Clippers. You know, I don't know if they make the playoffs without Zubac. He was huge for them inside, down the middle. They didn't have a, a big Ooh, man take, for most of the. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think they would. They had Gortat for most of the season, and they had undersized Montrezl Harrell the whole time. So, uh, Zubac was big for them. Again, no center is going to dominate against the Golden yeah. State Warriors. No traditional center. Have we ever seen a traditional center dominate against the Golden State Warriors? Capella was like <laughs> ineffective as hell. In the last series, and he's been like borderline all star. It's just yeah. like Gobert has been embarrassed before, like last year. Like it's just, it's just no center is gonna. So I don't understand well, what that, Magic is going on. tirade about how he barely team, like. Okay, this guy's not gonna help us beat the Warriors, and the Warriors are the team to beat. Right, right, right. But but shitting, but shitting on the guy for having no points and barely playing, as if he was the problem. Yeah, was, um, and not the that fact that it's a you know it's it's the system. It's the I way they play. It's hard he even to play. Tweeted, didn't he? Traditional centers. Bunch of uh, laughing yeah. emojis. Uh, yes, Newbot responded, put like three laughing emojis after the comments, <laughs> and and I'll tell you from like personal experience, Zubat has had nothing, nothing but great things to say about the Lakers organization, the fans, the front office, his teammates. So I'm definitely surprised, like, to see this from 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 Magic, considering. Zubat's never had a single. I'm, I'm telling you, he never had a single bad thing. I even asked him personally. I was like, "Hey, like, without shitting on the Lakers, can you sort of like talk about what wasn't there that's here now?" And he just went into like appreciation mode about what, how great it was for him, how great of an experience it was for him, how thankful he was that Magic and Rob and some of those guys gave him a chance, and just like to see Magic go off on him like that is kind of like, dude, really? Like, can we? I, I think it was more so. Of, of, like Ryan said, he's just he has no filter. I, he doesn't realize the gravity of his words. Like, I mean, Zubak was Mm-mm. when he was here was a fan favorite. He got a, he got a standing ovation yeah. when they played the Lakers in yeah, his so Lakers I mean, he, territory. He got a standing ovation. Him. I thought he was great. I always liked talking to him. I thought he was a he's one of my favorite Lakers uh, the last couple of years. He was saying fans on the streets were saying, "Hey, Zubac, come back. We're sad to see you go." Blah blah blah. I think Magic's in damage control mode with all this. Yeah. You know, he, he wants to keep his legacy yeah, as yeah. spotless mm-hmm. as he can, you know, from you know, from here on out, which is not going to be easy. But uh, well, it's weird though because he is like an ambassador for the <laughs> game who likes to be well liked by a lot of people, and doing this is sort of the opposite. Like it makes people go, "Well, what are you doing crapping on other people?" Well, the, the one thing that, like that bothers me about the whole thing is the fact that things that he's saying he does not realize is not going to help the team get better. I mean, he keeps acting like that's the one thing he wants, is he wants the team to succeed. Unless it's not his intention. I just don't know how it yeah. would be, unless it's a move to buy the team eventually. Like, hey, you know, knock him down, uh, keep him down a little bit until Genie's had enough and wants to sell. Because I'm trying, I keep trying to think, what the hell is Genie thinking when she sees and hears all this stuff? Yeah. She can't be thinking of it in good light. Like, like what are you doing, Magic? You're, you're fucking things up for me. You know, you're making this harder than it has to be. Well, Magic, I mean, they've shown that ownership is harder than it looks. So I don't even know if if ownership and – I mean, I guess when you're an owner, you do have the final, final, final say. Like, no one trumps you. But uh, I just don't know if he'd want to get into right? that again. He wouldn't be able to work out with Ben Simmons and uh, tweet about, you know, tweet basic um, news about how <laughs> Kawhi scored 32 points and the Raptors won game three. Like, oh, my God, bombshell news, dude. <laughs> Magic yeah. bomb. Yeah. So my social media manager doesn't have, you know, doesn't have a job if I have a job in the Lakers organization. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> no, I just I don't buy any yeah. of that crap. It's like, come on, really? 
How old are you? Yeah, it just it's just a tire situation that just like I mean I think what he said he doesn't give himself three years with the job that he told Rob Lincoln. That that was yeah, weird like, too, man. Like, like really? How come you didn't say that from the get go? Like here where I'm here for three years to get this thing going? The, no, that, now you say it in retrospect. That, that, this, it just makes things look like like he just thought, okay, maybe I'll help him for a little bit and that's it. And he and obviously he didn't know what the job was gonna entail. And given like all these other he was the biggest supporter to get uh, Jim Bus out of out of the front office mm-hmm. in the first place. Like you kick this guy out just so you can be in there for three years. <laughs> that just none of it makes sense, man. It's all a clusterfuck. It's like yeah. Jesus. I mean that this team is more desperate to win now than it was before yeah. that. No, that's true. I mean, it, it, it's you know? it's just the, the state of the franchise. I, I mean, it's yes, you have LeBron, but then you also have all this uncertainty, and then you have all this internal issues with the you know the front office how it's set up and the perception of how things stand. It just it doesn't it doesn't bode well. I mean, at, at this point, you know everything could change in the off season where they land somebody. I mean, if they land a, a top tier free agent or maybe you know a couple good players, you know so they could add to the bunch. I mean, it's. It, it could all change then, but right now it's just more of the same for them. What's what it has been over the last, you know, seven seventy months. Yeah, it's rough, man. All right, well, we're gonna close with. I want to close with this. Uh, what do you think, Frank Vogel? How long does Vogel last as coach? Thirty days. <laughs> Thirty days. Thirty days. Come on. He's not going to coach a single fucking game. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Bob, no, make that guy. I, I, I Thirty days. I have no idea, man. I two years tops. He's got a three-year deal, by the way. Yeah, so I'd say two. You know what? Just be. I mean, I I I I like to be optimist, optimistic about this, but it's just. I think two years is. You like to be optimist, sir. Yeah, optimist. What are you a fucking transformer? Yeah, Optimus Prime. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I want to say, uh, like, I say that two years. Two years is fair, like Ryan said. I mean, it's gives them enough time. The first year is like. You know, gives them kind of a, or maybe you know, depending on how things go, maybe less. But uh, I think the first year's first year's gonna be kind of like, uh, I don't want to say trial, but more of like fill it out. You know, he's got he's got time to build a roster around you know, what he wants to do, and but I think yeah, two years is fair. I mean, it doesn't you know help. What I that just realized, Jason Kidd's there. Jason Kidd wasn't at the press conference. Yeah, why would he be? Because he got hired too. And he's a prominent. You know how many questions? You know how many questions that that's going to bring. Yeah. I think it was a good thing that magic magic came out at a good time. I know, but like, okay, just being a guy on the side, even like LeBron. Well, you don't usually bring an assistant coach to a press conference. I don't remember well, that. Well, yeah, right? because most of the time they're not household Big names. names. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just don't think yeah, it should change anything out of it. Because if you do bring him, that's that's significant in my eyes. If you bring him for a press conference when he's just the assistant coach. That is a worrisome sign yeah. for me. Yeah, that, I agree. I, I, I don't know. I just thought it was I, the fact that I didn't even think about it. So just now is what kind of surprised me. Actually, at, at some point he'll be he'll have an interview or something pop up. I mean, it's just I, I think that setting would have been disastrous for them. weird. Yeah, yeah it just it would just yeah, especially after this morning too. 
I've been I've been holding on to this joke for a few minutes now. Uh, Bobo bots roll out. Oh my Bobo bots. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because he's Optimus. Get it? Oh my yeah, God. That fucking. You should have held That's on bad. to that one a little bit longer. I think. <laughs> to we're off the pod. Or maybe not even say it at all. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. Well, that wrap that wraps it for us. Uh, I'm Tom Arizarly. You can follow me at T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y, Clippers Reporter. You can follow Ryan Ward at Ryan Ward LA uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Bob Garcia is B Garcia IV Sports. Finally got it right. Ooh. Uh, finally, I, I got it right the first couple episodes. We just took a break and I, and I slipped my mind. <laughs> um, so Optimus is going to go back to work right now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. We'll catch you guys next time. See you guys. See you guys.